Welcome to the Hunt, Shoot, Live podcast. My name is Zach Sarber, and sitting next to me is Dwayne Sturgill. What's happening, everybody? So we are not in Virginia, folks. We are in the mountains of Idaho. So this is a sequel to our 2018 Idaho hunt. So folks want to go back and check out that episode, episode number one. You can hear about our trials and tribulations regarding that hunt and what went wrong. And we're going to talk today about what has went wrong on this trip as well so let's let's get going so and what has gone right yeah things have went things have actually went really well just just for anybody who's listening uh, I, I think you will benefit from don't trail off on this if you're if you're planning on a diy hunt out west you know please listen because we're we're not just talking uh we do have i definitely want to process some stuff that is helpful and it will be helpful for people to consider before they do anything like this um so you know, I really I think this is this isn't just us rambling about our trip. We we want to be beneficial as we do this podcast throughout the week. So I think this is really going to have some good info in it. Yep, yep. So we we made an airport venue change. So in planning the trip, I think we might have mentioned it, but it was like twenty dollars more to fly out of Tri Cities versus driving to Charlotte, which is what, where we flew out of before. From Charlotte, it was a hundred percent direct flight, so no stops at all. This time we flew Tri Cities to Atlanta, which was a one hour, well actually a forty minute flight. Yep. So that was. I will vote for the closer drive to yes. the little airport, even though you have to have a layover. <clears throat> that that was definitely better. That was no problem. While we're talking about that, though, I think what got me, Zach, you had all four TSA locks on your gun case, didn't you? I, I did. I did have four TSA locks in my case. Well, they. I, I wasn't. I won't say I was hassled, but they absolutely inspected my gear multiple times. And uh, I think it's because I did not have, I put two TSA locks and two non-TSA locks on my, per the regulations that I can find, you're actually not supposed to have all TSA locks on your gun case, because only you should be the one to be able to have access to your gun case. So there's a lot of speculation out there on that, and it goes either way, I guess. But anyway, they must have felt like I should have had all four TSA locks, because um, they were asking for my combination and, and had to inspect it twice, and they inspected my bag. I had an inspection notification tag in two of my bags. Let's see. In each of your bags. Each of my bags, yeah. In my, in one, at one spot, they, we had to, they chose my carry-on to store instead of me actually carrying it on. Ended up with an inspection sticker in it. And then my actual check bag ended up with an inspection sticker in it. And my gun case was inspected two different times. So I don't know if it just, uh, you know, I didn't have any problems out of that. I had done everything like I should. But uh, maybe I'm going to try on the flight back, Zach, to just go ahead. I've got four TSA locks. So I think I'm just going to put all four TSA locks on my gun case and see if that makes a difference in their desire to want to hassle me. I don't know. I mean... You know, they ran our stuff through x-rays, and what was different in Bristol was the, the agent, like not TSA agent, like the gate agent from Delta, was the one that looked at our guns. Mm-hmm. That was that was different. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. And then your gun case was loaded pretty full. Like yep. You had a lot of stuff in it. So I don't know if the x-ray obscured, you know, what was inside. So they wanted to look, and then they decided, well, hell, we're already looking at all this stuff. Let's just inspect everything. And, and your, your check bag was pretty full, too. I did have lots of interesting stuff, you know, cameras and... Uh, stoves and and big tent and spotting scope and binoculars and optics and such. So I'm sure there was cool things. Right. Looking through that X-ray, I'm sure they were like, "Ooh, what what is this dude doing?" Yeah, my, none of my stuff got inspected. I did have TSA locks, <laughs> but they still 
would have had to shove a, a notice in there if they would open it. I, I didn't receive anything. Yeah. So, I mean, my stuff was fine. I, I had cameras and such, but not quite to the extent that Dwayne had. And obviously, I didn't have a tent and a stove. And I don't know if that t- if that titanium signature showed up weird on the x-ray. I may mean, not think that, that Dwayne's a terrorist or something. I don't know. But, yeah, you were a little bit unlucky. I mean, like you said, <laughs> your bags were in really good shape. I mean, when you opened them up, I mean, it wasn't like they had dumped it out. I mean, they had yeah, poked I mean, around it, a little bit. To be clear, it's, it's not like they hassled me. But I, that was a little, I guess that's a little frustrating. Who wants your crap checked three different times? Right. Not counting the time when we got there that the dude at the counter checked it. So so technically four times. Yep, so we, we, we made it to Bristol, you know, just fine. Um, Dwayne was good, and he had, he had most of his stuff already packed, so he got a couple hours of sleep beforehand. I procrastinated, did not have anything packed until, you know, like 9 o'clock the night that you know, right before we were supposed to leave. So I totally had to pack all my stuff right then. Um, didn't get done till midnight. Needed to be at, leave for Dwayne's house at 1.30. So I did not sleep. So I, I stayed awake and um, Dwayne said it looked like I was on drugs hardcore. Yep, you did. You looked pretty rough. So, you know, we, we made it to Atlanta. Huge, huge airport. Very, very interesting to see, you know, like a train inside of an airport. And, you know, we, we were in the same... I guess same terminal, but a different concourse. Is that like we, we landed, we landed in D and needed to go to A and we're like, Oh, that's just a couple of letters. No big deal. So we were like, we just walked and we'd already been sitting for an hour, probably more than that since we'd sat in there. Yeah. It wouldn't be, I mean, too. it wasn't bad to walk, but it was definitely a, it was, it was, like it was a, a trek. minute walk. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely walked and that was a brisk walk too. So I mean, we, we were booking it and it was still fun. I mean, lots of interesting stuff and got a bite to eat because we had a two hour layover in Atlanta, but I mean, very painless, no issues whatsoever. We, the nice thing with the the COVID restrictions, you know, they they're blocking off seats right now, and they're loading the planes different. You know, people still don't follow any of the directions. So, like they they don't want you standing up until your rows called, and freaking everybody's standing up waiting in line, and you're all just bunched together anyway. So that was kind of frustrating. But that we were loaded first on the plane because we were in the back both times. So that was kind of nice. You know, <clears throat> only thing like. <clears throat> Like Dwayne said, you know, his, well, actually both of our check bags or carry-on bags got checked from Tri-Cities to Atlanta. And it was because that, that CRJ, that regional jet, is so small. The overhead bin yeah, space is tiny. tiny. Like, I mean, Man, it really that, would not have We fit. were on a huge, huge plane, a big old Delta plane, three rows when we flew from Atlanta to Salt Lake. That was very nice. Yeah, it was a, a to, two by three by two, so it was Bring your was headphones, big. bring your headphones that, that can plug, plug in to uh, the seats because you get to watch movies if you're flying with Delta. I don't know about the other airlines. Yep, yep. So once we made it on the, the, the final leg of the trip, I mean, it was it was really easy. I mean, I, I, was, I, I really was kind of drugged up at that point because I took... I get motion six. I took two Dramamine before we before we left Tri Cities, and that was good. I mean, I totally didn't get get sick at all, but it wears off. So by the time the layover was over, I'm like, well, I'll go ahead and take a couple more. So I was like extremely drugged up for somebody who had not slept. So I totally fell asleep during the safety briefing and like woke myself up trying to trying to be respectful and finally did fall asleep. Slept for a couple hours and actually that was pretty good. It made me feel rejuvenated. Like a new man. Power nap, man. Yeah, it was good. It was good stuff. I mean, it, they. What was surprising? We got snacks. Like, we got tons of snacks. I don't know why we needed a snack in that first hour, that forty-minute flight. But man, we totally got some Cheez-Its yeah. and some Biscoff cookies and a little bitty bottle of water. And repeated 
the same thing, and man, they totally were going to give us like multiple bags on the, the Salt Lake trip. Yeah, well, I had one left over. I ate it in the truck, I think. I've still got one in the truck. I didn't eat. I was like half asleep. Dwayne was a nice travel buddy and, and got me a bag of snacks and handed it over to me whenever my eyes popped open, so that was very nice of him. Oh, man, and something else cool. So I'm a, through Enterprise at work, I'm an Emerald Club member through <laughs> National. And if you have the Emerald Club through National, I had reserved my the vehicle online, you know, about a month ago. And we show up and go to the counter, and the person's like, "Oh, you, you're an Emerald Club member." After I told them, I told them my name. They looked me up and they said, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah, I'm an Emerald Club member." They said, "Yeah, you just need to go on down to the parking garage, pick out a vehicle, and go." So we walked on downstairs. The people down there, the guys down there, were like, "Yeah, you can get any of these vehicles right here." They didn't have the small four four door four wheel drive that I'd requested, so we ended up in a full size four door F one fifty four-wheel drive and just jumped in loaded our crap and as you drive out you know that the agent at the door you roll your window down and you know you tell him what who you are and who you're written through and he just scanned my credit card and we just rolled out i so, mean it was so fast so fast yeah already determined Dwayne is 100 percent doing all the the car rentals from now on so i want to contrast you guys a little bit with last or two years ago our experience so we we were in through avis and you know, I had never rented through Avis, and we were supposed to get a pretty good discount for that. Well, apparently, that's what everyone else also does. So two years ago, it was an hour and a half wait in line at the Avis counter for them not to even have the truck, to have to go off-site and bring a truck in. Well, you know, maybe that was a one-off thing. Two years ago, literally every other rental company was, like, empty, and their agents were just kind of standing there twiddling the thumbs. Well, this year, same thing. Avis line was wrapped all the way insane. around. Like, insane. insane. I mean, I doubt that by the time that, you know, we walked to the garage, I doubt they've even completed one transaction. So, 100% going to use Dwayne's. National Emerald Club, guys. I mean, honestly, even even if we wouldn't have had your Emerald Club and just walked straight through, you walked right up to the counter. I did. I yeah. mean, it, it, well, it there, really Well, there was matter. one group of people in front of me, and they were Emerald Club. So, the the person at the, at the counter was like, okay, yeah, you just need to go on down to the parking garage. Next. And then that was me. So, it was quick, man. It was awesome. Yeah, it was it was really really nice. the The guy taking the credit card was a little bit of a jerk to Dwayne because, yeah. in his mind, it was Enterprise. Even though I'd already mentioned, yeah, that's not Enterprise, and so he told him it was Enterprise, and the guy was very well, rude. Not, it's so it's like so at work we have it's through Enterprise. Your emails come through Enterprise. The representatives that that I interact with, it's Enterprise. Everything's Enterprise, and I even followed the links. Like, my Emerald Club membership through National came from an email through Enterprise. So, undoubtedly, Enterprise owns National, I guess. Yes. But there, yes. there apparently is a difference. Yeah, the National's their, their budget. Like, all these, the big ones, they all have their own budget ones that, yeah. that, they, that they go for. But either way, that was that was very, very painless. I mean, the, the truck is nice, especially for a hunting truck, you know. I mean, it, it's got heated seats. No leather heated seats. So, that's, I mean, you know. We, had a, nice. we slept in the truck one night, and yes, I was did. reminded why, why you don't sleep in the truck. We we got to our we got to our plan. We actually did plan B first, and got there a little late. Um, we we had to stop for some supplies, so you know we we stopped at Cabela's to get some some fuel for the stoves, and then they literally had nothing else that we needed there. So that yeah. was essentially a wasted trip to Cabela's, but that's okay. 
went to a, a food store owned by Kroger, which I do not remember the name of that store, but we went there and loaded up on some snacks and ate some Wendy's, you know, delicacy of, yeah, of Idaho, ate some Wendy's, you know, loaded up. I mean, it, it really was, it, it was good. I mean, but we did have to stop more times than what we were planning on. And, you know, I mean, it's okay. Well, we rolled in and, uh, unfortunately we're driving by all kinds of people while we're doing that and long story short slept in the vehicle that night it wasn't bad you know it was it was good it stayed warm it's just i hate sleeping in the vehicle i like to stretch out yeah but uh you know we we did that because we just didn't have time to set the tent and everything up and man we hike in the next morning 900 feet elevation gain we did in about an hour and 15 minutes and i get up there and look ahead of me about 100 yards and there's two other headlamps staring down at me so i went up and talked to the guy it was a guy and his son they had beat me they were up there first they actually live in idaho uh, he was a nice dude i told him i was like well hey man because uh, he kind of said well hey how you want to do this we're up here and you're up here too and I was like, well, hey, bro, you, you were ahead of me. I think that gives you, it sucks for me, but first person there is, is the guy that's got it. I think that's just how it should be on public land. So, uh, you know, we sat and glassed off of the other side and could see forever. And unfortunately, well, we, we so we did see some elk. Saw a nice elk. Zach spotted, and I got to glass him. I didn't get him on video because he went over the hill pretty quick. Saw some mule deer doe. Um, Your radio collared doe. Saw a radio collared doe. Yeah, that was really cool. And uh, unfortunately, though, we saw more people walking in than we saw animals. And um, when we came down, by the time we came down, we had saw 11 other vehicles right there around us. And we knew that from driving in the morning before, there were at least three other vehicles on the other side of the hill. So in a five square mile hunting area there was literally 15 vehicles and god knows how many people that would have been uh so it was ridiculous absolutely ridiculous i don't know what the deal is with that if that's just like a if like the local people like to hunt there or something i, I don't know but i mean it was crazy like when we drove out there were there were three cars parked at this one spot already and we saw a dude and his wife or a dude and his girl, a man and a woman, parked, and they were walking in, too. I was like, what the crap, man? Like, if I saw that, which maybe they were all friends, I don't know. Of course, Zach had a good point. We are way back out in nowhere in Idaho. So there's probably not much else to do in this area other than work or hunt or hike or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's not even a Walmart. No. You got some kind of generic food city or something. That's about it. I mean, the, the closest town that, that's near where we were, the only chain restaurant is the Subway. Like, literally, there, there are no fast food places. I mean, there's, like, local regional chains, but, I mean, it, the, on, the only national chain yeah, is the Subway. Subway, and we ate there. It was tasty. Zach was less than satisfied. No, it was bland, man. I don't know. Maybe it was the bread. I don't know. You, just, you picked wrong. Well, they were very stingy on the cheese. Hmm. No, I mean it was it was fine. I mean, you know, we we did what we needed to do. You know, we had been in that particular spot two years ago, right at the very end of our trip. But on, you know, that was like a Wednesday, we, Thursday, or Thursday, Friday. Yeah. You know, we had never been there on a Saturday. You know, everybody that was there was local, which is, I mean, that's good. If the locals are all, that's where they're choosing their their opening day. I mean, we probably did a pretty good job knowing that's a good spot. But 
everyone knows it's a good spot, so that's not a good choice. Yeah, and, well, the deer densities now, I think it's estimated. Idaho had that big die-off in 2017, so they estimate that there's one buck every square mile. So if you're hunting an area right there that was like a five-square-mile area, and there's 15 other people there, you know, you may have five bucks, and then you're competing with 15 other people. I mean, it just, that's not my kind of hunting. Yeah. So we, we rolled out day one. We, we just did the morning, and we rolled out, and um, we went to, well, we were actually going to revert to plan A, what was originally plan A. So we went with plan B. It struck out, so we went back to what was originally plan A. Ran into a dude on the way in, and we are way back in the mountains here, man. We have scratched this rental truck all to crap. We're going to be buffing this thing before we take it back, uh, driving in on this little road. But um, we ran into a dude riding his mule out, and he was super nice. He uh, First thing he asked, he's, we told him where we'd been hunting, and he's, uh, he's a local, obviously. And he's like, oh, yeah, did you see any elk there? So, you know, we, got, we told him all about the two bulls that we saw and the cows and stuff. So then he got super free with the information he was sharing with us and told us about seeing a big 4 by 4 back here and mule deer and kind of told us where to hunt. And uh, so we, we hiked back in and, and made a new plan. I guess it was plan D, I guess, we are on right now. Um, so we set up camp and we went hiking and tried to find a little bit of what he was talking about yesterday. We failed. Got another plan today on hiking on up the road, and um, I think I think we uh, I think we've got the right plan at this point. But last night uh, we had 15, 20 mile an hour winds, and it snowed, and it is still snowing, and it's still 15, 20 mile an hour winds. So we're held up right now. Day uh, hunt day number two is tent day. Chilling here in the TP tent, titanium stove. And actually, it's nice. Yeah. Both of us had zero-degree bags, so that was one of the, the improvements that we made from two years ago. You know, we, we both had heater body suits, which you still like, but... Yeah, I man, didn't bring it, though. I got a good... No way. It's lightweight, this bag is, and it's worth it. Absolutely. It's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, it was... You know, the, the, the tent is an excellent windbreak. You know, we, we totally did not feel much of any i mean it, you know the the gusts were enough that the the center pole the the tp tent i mean it, it was beating me waking me up um you know the the rain it was windy whenever we went to sleep um you know just stuff banging against the tent but then it started pouring the rain and then you could hear it it transition over to some freezing stuff and now it's just all snow so we've got a you know a couple inches outside you know where we are it's 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 still, some still snowing it's still snowing yeah it's going to snow for it's nine in the morning right now, so a few more hours at this at this point. Um, unfortunately, the winds are not going to really stop. So, like Dwayne said, we're we're held up. But um, Dwayne also brought some cards, so we will probably um, record a couple more podcast episodes, record some YouTube videos, which Dwayne's already done one. So, did the tent the the tent review and the titanium stove? I want to tell you guys, man, if you're really going to do this stuff and you're going to have to be potentially stuck. In the back country, in this very situation that we're in right now, this has been all the difference in the world. This even even if you didn't get the titanium stove, having a four-season tent that breaks that wind, you know we we didn't even turn the stove on last night. Actually, no. we just fired it up this morning. We slept all night long, just just you know with the tent and with our zero-degree bags. But 
Um, n- not, I just had, you know, my pants on and slept with my boots off, socks, and just a long sleeve shirt, and I was good all night long. So the four-season tent to break the wind and then having that zero-degree bag, that, that's a game-changer. My pad, i got to speak to my pad, man. It was comfy. Having that, I've got the big, the Aircore Big Agnes, and uh, it's a beast, man. I love it. It's nice and cushy. Yeah, so, you know, Dwayne, he, he doesn't really get super cold. Um, his feet get cold, but beyond that, Dwayne's normally sweating. You know, if he's breathing, he's sweating. So I, I do run cold. I sleep hot normally, but, you know, I, I, all the other times that we've we've done stuff, you know, my, my feet were freezing the whole time, and I didn't sleep because my feet were cold. Um, I, I, I didn't even have socks on. I took my socks off part of the way. I had my, my catalyst pants on and the lightest weight wool shirt that I had, and that was it. No gloves, no hat, no socks, and my I had my bag unzipped just a little bit because I was a little bit hot and my head was out. Dwayne, did you have your um? You know, we we both got mummy bags. Did you have the the thing up over your head? Uh, well, I did at times, but uh, we're sleeping. Unfortunately, we couldn't find a perfectly flat place to put the tent up, so we're sleeping with a bit, little bit of a downhill angle, and uh, I would find myself slid out of my bag. And have to, that's kind of frustrating when you're sliding downhill and it's the middle of the night and you're half out of your bag and it's dark and you're trying to get back in it. So, but that's, that's, the gear is great. You know, yeah. a good bag and the, and the, and the, the pad, everything was great. It's just unfortunate that we got a little downhill angle here. So my sleeping bag is a Thermarest Questar, zero degree. I got it because of, I remembered you know, even two years ago, I had a cheapo, um, cheapo pad and the heater body suit and I was sliding off of it hardcore. So I remembered that this, this bag has some attachments on the bottom that you, you know, you, you attach your sleeping pad into and it helps with, um, you know, sliding off. I, I did the, the bag I've got, it lets you kind of, you can roll on your side and kind of flip around a little bit. So I, I did remaneuver a good bit and I did kind of slide down my pad some but not not near as bad as Dwayne um, his pad is much thicker than mine so I'm a little jealous but I, that pad would absolutely not fit inside my my sleeping bag but I was very comfy I like a hard bed anyway so sleeping on the ground and a little bit of a thinner pad is actually not a big deal to me Dwayne is hardcore smoking us out in the tent right now adding more wood to the fire yeah we're burning my to... eyes <laughs> it is smoky in here man Sorry, I'm trying to keep this thing going. We're, we're, it does really good at not using too much uh, wood, but I'm still trying to baby it because I, we really didn't plan for a tent day. So we don't really have enough wood to do us all day and all night again. God, no, it's, it's like it's super smoky. It's like the smokers' lounge in here, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> One other thing we didn't mention, um, you know, folks that have been following the weather, and you know, we talked about this in our prep, and you know, we talked about the wildfires and stuff. You know, there, there's not really, there's been some small ones near us, but nothing major. But the big ones, I mean, hell, we had smoke in Virginia from the, the wildfires out west at one point. So you're when you, you're waking up in the morning, you're glassing, it's just haze. I mean, you're it's it cuts on your visibility hardcore. So I mean, that was, I mean, it, it wasn't bad enough that it 
mattered, and obviously well, we you could still. Well, you definitely noted it easily, though. Yeah, you could. You, know, you it's could tell. Very obvious that everything is smoky. You could tell, and I mean, I can, I can kind of feel it breathing as well. You know, just I, I can feel that it's a little bit more polluted air, but you know, it, it is what it is. You know, up where we are right now, beautiful country. I mean, like stereotypical Western mountains. You know, the Dwayne didn't necessarily. He talked the. The, the elevation game we did last night coming in, you know, we'd already done one 900-foot elevation gain in the morning. Kind of rested in the truck getting here and then do another massive elevation gain and not knowing where we're going and totally did not pick a a good a good path. And, you know, you're, you're walking through really thick stuff, so not sagebrush like we did in the first spot, but, you know, thick forest and, you know, it's super steep and avalanche shoots with lots of loose rocks and fumbly stuff and i mean i, I know Dwayne's a beast of a man so he, he wasn't as fatigued but my legs were shaking and i was really struggling you know whenever you're if you haven't hiked a lot you know your legs start getting tired the muscle fatigue you know you, you start losing your ability to to keep stable on those uneven surfaces like that so i you know i, I did totally slide down the hill a couple times on my butt i mean it is it's okay it happens but you know, as steep as we were, that was not really the situation I wanted. I did not want to slide down. Um, and this brings us into a good yeah. segue to the... And we talked about this yesterday while we were in the midst of the mountains and the steep and the thick and the nasty, trying to find where in the crap we needed to be. You know, if you're... Why, why is a guided hunt $2,000 more than a do-it-yourself kind of deal and it's for all of those reasons and you don't appreciate that and and i'm not saying that which well we're not i mean you know it's not like we're going to cave in and, and start doing only fully guided hunts and things like that i like the diy aspect too but you know when you're paying that extra you are paying for a whole lot of convenience you are paying for transportation through difficult areas in the right way from people who know and you're paying for the knowledge of where the game is you know Zach and I now have spent well actually we only spent one we spent one day we spent all day yesterday trying to find the right place to hunt based on the plans that we put together doing e-scouting you know you're limited when you do that Whereas if you're going to pay extra and go with a guide, that dude is going to put you where you need to be. He's going to take you there. He's going to take you there in the best way possible. Depending on what kind of hunt you do, he may even, you know, you it may be fully stocked and he's got your tent for you and he's hauling everything in and basically you're just showing up and hiking if there's any hiking to be done. But, you know, just the workload is less and the knowledge acquirement is not necessarily necessary because the guide's already got it. So it's it's hard to appreciate how difficult do-it-yourself hunting is until you've traveled out of state and done it yourself. You know, we are going into places that we've never been. We are this is true DIY hunting. We have e-scouted and I've called biologists talked to the game department and we've looked at maps and that's it you know now it's it's take some of you so so part of your time 
is also spent figuring out which one of your plans is the best one, which one, which ones are not, and why, and where do you need to be, and all of that takes time, man. You know, if you're paying for that fully guided deal, though, you're going to show up and they're going to take you where you need to be, and the you know every all the work's done. So, and I'll tell you too, just like right now, this we're trapped in a tent all day today. 15, 20 mile an hour sustained winds and snow. We're stuck here. And that's something too, you know, if you've got, if you've paid a guide service, you're either A, going to be in a nice house or something like that, or they will have packed you in with a nice a big outfitter tents and chairs and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we're very comfortable right now, but we're limited to sitting in a little eight-foot circular area and cutting our own wood. And, and I mean, you know, it's, it's just different. So I'm not saying that to down, to talk bad about DIY hunting. I just, it's, it's very, you know, you want to romanticize about do-it-yourself because, man, that's, that's true hunting. And it is, but you got to be prepared for what comes along with it. If, you, if you're looking for adventure, and I think we learned this too, our first trip back in 2017, 2018. You know, if you're, if you're looking for the easy way, the DIY deal is not it. If you're looking for the, the come out and kill something kind of deal, the DIY thing is probably not it. You know, if you're just wanting to kill, then you need to pay a guide. But... If you're planning on an adventure and you're prepared for the things that come along with the adventure, and if that's what you want, you know, then, then the DIY thing is the deal. Zach, I think back about our first trip and how miserable it was in the moment, but that's some of the funnest memories to think back on. You know, it's, it's almost like, and Stephen Ranella talks about this, the meat eater guy, he talks about this. It's like, the experiences that end up meaning the most to you and that you remember the most are some of the ones that carry the greatest hardship. And, you know, they're not great in the moment, but you look back on them and you're like, man, you know, they remember that day that we spent we spent 24 hours in that little tent trying to stay warm and it was piss pouring the snow and the wind. You know, that kind of stuff, man. That's that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, so we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to reframe our perspective this time. Um, I realize that these are memories. Doing it this way, you know, you're going to look back, and even if you don't kill, you're going to look back and think, man, you know, remember that? Remember that? Like yesterday, we had some hellacious climbing, but we were standing up in some, just the quintessential western mountain cliffs and avalanche chutes and, man, Jagged cool. rocks, you, I mean, you just don't. You know, you've seen pictures and stuff, and I mean, you just, it just doesn't do it justice. None of it does it justice. You know, it's a nature's beautiful no matter where you are, but it's it's a different beauty out here. Yeah. You know, it's you don't you don't see the, you know, the, the big trees and leaves and stuff like you get at home, and you know, it's mostly pine trees or bushes of stuff. You know, I mean, and then these super jagged just mountains out of freaking nowhere. So you know, you're you're driving along and it's flat. And then there's a, a big, big mountain. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily called a mountain in that scenario, oh, it but to, it had to be a mountain. I mean, these, you know, the, these <laughs> are thousands of feet. Up, yeah, thousands of feet. And we're we're in that right now. You know, if you walk up this valley that we're in, where where we're camping, 
it's not a terrible hike, but if you try to head up the mountain toward any of those avalanche chutes, you got you're right back to that. You know, it's going to take you an hour, and you might only be going about a mile, but you've gained 600 feet in elevation. So it's some tough, it's some tough terrain. But just even talking about it right now puts a smile on my face. You know, uh, so it. So this is actually the second time we've set up this tent. Um, the first time we just threw it together and then went up and hiked and came back and the stove had blown over and the pipe blown completely off and it was just not not a good setup that we did so we ended up rotating the whole tent putting it back together and thank god we did i mean you know it was a little breezy when we were originally setting it up but i mean it would not have survived <laughs> making no. it making it through what we de- what we dealt with last night so well it was just the direction and, uh, and when you're and obviously it's a west east wind too and we had the stove facing that direction you know yeah. i mean it was and and there, the elevation gain here like i said there's a little slight tilt where we're at unfortunately um so we're not we're not camping on nice flat ground like you'd really like to be and uh, we accidentally with not thinking about it we put the tent on the side on the uphill side and uh, the the stovepipe didn't have enough room to uh, within the tent to keep it stable so we went hiking and when we came back the freaking stovepipe was fell out of the tent sideways and like Zach said, we, we did decide to go ahead and flip it and get the stove on the on the downhill part where there's much more room for the pipe to go out and it's been it's been stable. It's been very stable, high winds and it's still doing good. But uh we'll have video of all this. Do the Idaho hunt video and then um, I've got my, my Megahorn TP tent and titanium stove follow up that you guys can check out too that we've showed what the stove looks like and everything but uh so day two is tent day no hunting to be done today thinking about now unfortunately uh, i know zach had to was gonna have to go to the restroom mm. out in the cold and snow and and uh I believe i'm there too now zach uh-oh well, you, you've already taken the leak this morning. That was probably a cold, yeah, cold thing. See, I, I I totally have needed to pee for um, a couple hours since we woke up. Have been holding it, and um, you know the morning morning poop is is brewing is brewing for sure. And um, I'm yeah. trying. I'm totally gonna just <laughs> I'm gonna hold this thing as long as I can. I mean, hoping that the wind will, and snow will die off a little bit, and you know, have already have already pooped outside some here, but. You know, it was not snowing. I, I'm and windy. gonna man up and hit it, dude. We're gonna we'll cut this here in a second. And I'm, it's gotta happen. Well, and it's it's snowing right now. The winds died down a little bit. A little bit. But I'm 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 hitting it. It's gotta happen. I'm I'm gonna keep holding mine. I'm gonna wait until it's locked and loaded and get it done with. I'm just not. I don't want to have to stand out there, wind blowing. I'm a bear behind. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until it's <laughs> until it's critical. Real, um, real world problems there again, ladies and gentlemen, on those DIY hunts. You don't want to take a crap inside of your tent. Well, except I already joked when, before we started the recording. If I was by myself, I absolutely would be taking a crap in a mountain house bag. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying, screw it, I'll throw this away when we get back. I mean, there's no way if I was by myself that I would do that. I mean, you know, 
we're we're pretty close, but I don't think I don't think Dwayne wants to experience that. No, that's right, a little that's that a little too much. Smell captured in here either. That's it was bad enough last night, man. When I took my boots off, gosh, my feet were disgusting. Yep, yep. It was rough. You were you're a little bit rank. That's okay. Well, I had you know we had a lot of. We had a lot of mileage on. Well, that and, that and you know, your Kenan tracks, you, you broke them in like the way you're supposed to. So you had many, many, many miles We've in your boots. Got some and good stank in them. Yeah, the, the, the soles have soaked up a lot of that a lot of that smell. So yeah. Do we need to pause it now? We're going to have to pause it, man. It's time. All right, well, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll get a recap of how. So we are back with a post-poop update. Dwayne, how, how, <laughs> how was the, the snow poop, dude? Well, you know, when you can imagine... 20 miles an hour wind and snow, you get your pants pulled down. I guess it went about as good as that scenario. It, it, it went like I thought it would. Mm. One one unanticipated aspect of that, where it is snowing quite heavily right now, is that whilst I, even though I was making haste, whilst I had my trowel down there, there was a good amount of snow that collected on the interior. Uh. So that's really refreshing when you do get yourself cleaned up and then you pull your stuff yeah. back up. Yeah. I mean, refreshing the undercarriage, so that's good. Hey, man, this is another pitch for, this is why you wear polyester or wool. I've got my merino underwear on and, uh, and of course, these pants that we got, this first light gear, all of this. There's a reason that you buy that moisture wicking stuff. And part of that that they don't advertise is so when you poop in the snow and you pull your pants back up, you don't freeze. So we're we're gonna send that as an email to First Light as a recommendation. They need to add that to their the add that to their website. Man, make sure yeah. that people are aware of the benefit of you know their their technology and, and pooping in the snow. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll send that out. That's a good selling point. Steve Ranella, take note, man. Absolutely. Well, it's your turn now, bro. I'm no, I'm I, like I, I like I said, I'm saving it. I'm gonna hold this thing until I cannot hold it anymore. And it's just going to rock it out. I'm not even going to have to do any work. I'm just going to wait. I do need to pee, though, but I know as soon as I pee, it'll it'll bring the other. So I'm just going to keep holding that, too. Dang, man. I, I just can't do that. Can't do it. Well, I, I think we were... I know you didn't drink a lot of water yesterday. I, I was feeling... I drank... I mean, I drank basically a liter and a half of water yesterday, plus, you know, a, a drink at Subway... And a little bit of Dr. Pepper I had left in the truck. So, I mean, I, I had a, a, a good bit of water, and I, I still have not really peed that much. So, obviously, was very dehydrated. Um, but that's okay. You know, we're, we're making up for it. I was able to sit down and drink some good water last night. Relax, eat. Some coffee. Yep. Dwayne's enjoying his a, coffee. Got to give a shout-out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. Starbucks via Instant Coffee Roast. It really hits the spot. It really does. Yeah, we we even Dwayne burst one of the coffee pods and ate it. Well, that that so that was this. That's a reason to use some of the instant coffee. I had, I thought I had something that was going to be a luxury. I had one of those packets that the coffee's in it, and you just put the packet down in it, and it soaks it up. And I put it in it, and the packet burst. So that was my cup of coffee yesterday morning, which led to some really good conversation. So. Talked Go about <laughs> talked about about ingesting it, and then ended up talking about coffee enemas. So yeah. you know, you just whenever you're out in out in the woods by yourself, just you and a buddy, you don't know what you're going to talk about. So talking about 
you know, if you if you gave yourself a coffee enema, you'd give yourself an intense caffeine rush. So we did we did not partake in that that activity. No, but no, I was you sort know, of was, likening my. Not only did I drink my coffee, but I ate my coffee. So it's probably nothing like an enema, but it's probably as close to a coffee enema as I'm going to get. Yeah. So you know, our conversations tend to snowball once once it starts on a topic that's got any remote connection to something that's slightly inappropriate. That's the direction it tends to go. So that's that's what happened. Yeah. Cardi B's been a lot of our yes. discussion. Just her, she's got this life-changing song out now, WAP or WAP or whatever it is. But I mean, it's just a historical, groundbreaking musical accomplishment, and I we've talked a lot about that. Yeah, we, we 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 got stuck in some traffic on the way here to to Plan A, and I mean, like ten minutes waiting on them to bring some you know, the next round of people through on the road. They're doing some paving. Listen to the, watch the music video sitting there. Yep, it's quality, man. Wet and gushy. It's good. Yeah, that's the edited version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we, we listened to the unedited on Spotify, but, you know, we needed to see the music videos. I mean, it was, there, there's some imagination and creativity there. I mean, <laughs> Zach was really I'm, impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm given, I mean, I I'm, the content believe. is, the content's not, not what I would, what I would choose, but, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it some artistry and some creativity. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, try to be objective and, and you know, try to try to help out. You know, I mean, there's there's other songs out there. You know, Dwayne, what, Gooba, is that what you made yeah, made us man. listen to? See, I'm I'm gonna just say, baby, quality, quality. No, no, WAP. I think that I think that's got more creativity, especially when you watch the music video and you've got statues of. Oh, look at that! Apparently, something is wet in here. Yeah, I, I, I heard it sizzling. Sizzling and seeping. <clears throat> music video had statues of woman figure and the the, the, the breasticles were, were leaking some liquid or something. It was very creative. Like I said, content not quite um, what what I would choose and you know not what I listen to, but I'm I'm gonna say, you know, there's there's some creativity and, and thought there. Right? That's that's the nice way, the nicest thing I can say. Good job, man. Yep. Way to be a good man. That's that's good. I'm not gonna say anything good about it. I know, that's fine. But I will laugh about it. I mean it's it is funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the record, just so nobody confuses, I, I absolutely don't like six nine either. But it no. is funny. It's really, really funny. Yes. I tell Zach every time I hear stuff like that, it makes me lose a little more faith in society. So you laugh to keep from crying. Mm. So I'm sure as we sit in this tent, their little stove on the side of a mountain, eight thousand feet in Idaho, we'll probably talk a lot more about a lot of dumb crap. You guys will have the privilege of those of you who are crazy enough to continue to listen to our podcast. You'll get to hear all about it. So I guess the big thing that will be happening uh, when we reconvene is when is Zach going to man up and go crap in the snow? And how does he find his experience to be? Uh, Zach, I want to I want to give you some homework, man. Okay. Let's see if you can find a way to keep the snow from building up in your trowel as you've got it pulled down. And, and maybe you can avoid what I had happen to me. I mean, we could just be naked, not not even have the trial to, to deal with. Just strip down in yeah. here and mm-hmm. then run out in the... Just boots. Well, I tell you, you know, I'd, I'd like to see you do that. I'll probably yeah. get the camera out if you do. Uh, yeah, you probably would. Mm-hmm. No, there's no probably. I mean, I, I I will. I will get the camera out. Well, that'd be, that'd be a good education for you. You know, learn learn how to do a blur on Power Director. Yeah. It'd be really good. Yeah. So let's see if Zach actually does that. I'm going to go with no. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. We'll just have some snow in the in the trail. You got to try to get creative, man. There's got to be some way. 
I don't know. We'll have to, I'll, I'll think about that. I'll see if there's some... Just get out there in the mm. moment, which you're trying to hurry, too. You think you're ready for yeah. it, then you pull your pants down, and you're not ready for it. Yeah, it gets it makes it makes it a little nervous and gonna suck back up in there a little bit. So There's problems. That's why I've said I'm gonna wait until it's like right there. So that way, if it sucks up just a little bit, it's still not gonna be right, right. not gonna be real long. So while Dwayne was out there, he he did get some wood. So we had commented yesterday. You know, we actually did not know that the weather was gonna turn like this. Um, it's like man, there is dry wood everywhere and kindling <laughs> everywhere. Every like everything is dry, and you know they they do have a, a fire ban. In National Forest, unless you have what we have. Um, so you cannot do an open fire, which, I mean, <laughs> we would not have been able to do that anyway yesterday. But, you know, we... Well, no, to, I mean, today, you would not be able to do an open fire. You'd be screwed. Well, even, even yesterday when we got here, it was it was probably too windy. We'd have caught the whole damn forest on fire. Yeah. I mean, it was just so much. But Dwayne got some, some of our, our wood that was very nice and dry and is now frozen and wet with snow covered. So we've got it next to the stove, seeing if we can dry this thing out. Well, we got a decent pile still left that is dry. Yeah, I think. So there's you know, a, there's a hot tip for anybody: get get a lot of wood. Get more wood and than when you think. You, when you think you've got enough wood, get about that much more again. Yeah, I mean, I think if we would have known, I mean, and we should have known. I don't know. I mean, we yeah, had checked no. the weather before, and it wasn't like it actually was supposed to do this originally. Like I remember, it, I remembered us looking at the weather like five days ago, and it was supposed to do that, and then like. Wednesday, we looked and it, it was clear. You know, they they'd gotten rid of this storm. It was just going to be some sun and like a twenty percent chance of, of rain. That was it. And um, apparently, in the time that we were flying and you know spotting people in the woods, you know they they updated the forecast and we didn't we didn't check on the way back through. So last night when it was blowing, I, I used the inReach to actually do some some forecasting it'll send you a basic one for the, the price of just one message so that's what i did and let us see that it's literally going to be doing this all day which is what educated our decision to that's probably it. i think we're gonna it's gonna be yeah. the rest of the week right? yeah i think well i hope so it's supposed to be this was the only day, only original date was supposed to do this for the record we will be screwed if it does not melt this off because we have driven way back in here in some very bad roads and yeah. we even commented on the way in oh man if it rained any we would be screwed so we'll see yep. how that plays out. Well, we we might be um, side saddling with the dude on the mule to get out of here. He's yeah. supposed to be back in here today. I wonder. Well, he, I, I mean, I ain't worried about getting out. I'm worried about that truck. It is not my truck that we rented. Well, luckily it's in your name, not mine, so right. it's okay. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. More updates to come. Uh, we've got a whole day to sit and film and podcast and whatever, so... Lots of, lots of hunt-related topics coming up. We've we slacked off before, and this is gonna this is gonna help get us on track. Quality and, stuff, you, you know, know. How to poop in the woods. I mean, how to poop in the woods. You do not hear the other podcasts talk about this. Yeah, people are missing out. You got to know. I mean, if if you're going on your first hunt, if you're a new hunter, that's one of the things you need to know. You need to be mentally prepared. It can be, it can be overlooked. It. I mean, you don't think about it. That's not one of the things yeah. you 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 particularly think about so you got to be prepared helping people out man that's what we do that's right well folks stay tuned we'll be back with another update it's cold all right so we're back with an idaho 2020 update 
as of right now, Dwayne and I are rolling back into Virginia, so we have made it through our week-long hunt. And all right, so we're back with an Idaho 2020 update. As of right now, Dwayne and I are rolling back into Virginia, so we have made it through our week-long hunt and all the travel that's included in that. So where we left off, we were sitting in a tent. So a little bit of a departure from that point, right, Dwayne? Pretty big jump, yeah. But uh, plans changed pretty pretty rapidly. Um, so it's, you know, we, we could have bored with the details in between, but I guess just the summation of the whole um, would be sufficient. We had... Uh, Let's see, we had been snowed in on Sunday, and that was the last time we had did the, we had right. did the update. So when we got up and started hiking in the next morning, on, so on Monday morning, uh, we, we quickly determined that our Google eyes had been uh, terribly deceived. Uh, the, the climb, we, we had hiked for just over an hour and hadn't made it halfway to where we were trying to go and we still had another 600 feet of elevation gain so um, we actually ended up and, and, and we only had there was more rain moving into the area and the truck was in a terrible spot uh, which funny story about the truck we can tell here momentarily but uh, we, we just didn't feel comfortable and, and weren't really physically it wasn't really physically feasible to take all of our stuff on back in there yeah so knowing that we didn't have the means to get our stuff in there and we had to get the truck out before other before more rain moved in uh, we, we turned around and rolled out and uh, basically hit different areas uh, for the next multiple days and uh, Brandon and, and, and our and his buddy Brad uh, you know, they were doing the same thing. You know, they were hunting other locales all, all during this time, too. And, uh, you know, basically just no, nobody had any luck. You, you know, between two teams of people trying different spots and different strategies. Um, and, of course, we did get to hunt. We did more hunting uh, after after the, we backed out on Monday uh, than what we got to do, obviously, on Sunday and Monday. But... Um, but no luck, definitely no luck. So between between the, the two groups, you know, we we hit four spots. I think if I'm counting right, I think Brandon and his group hit four different spots. I think so. We'll we'll, we'll hear Brandon's recap uh, maybe in a future update. But you know, I, none of us saw anything out of eight spots. Well, those we all saw. Yeah, those. we all saw those, but no no bucks, no shooter bucks, no bucks at well, all. No really. bucks. Period. No, there was no bucks spotted. Not even a spike. By either group of us, so it's pretty disappointing. Um, the The funny truck story is, of course, you know we're in Idaho, so we had a rental, and uh, I've got some video that I'll put on the, the video that we do of, of the hunt. But we pretty much had driven the truck into a four wheeler trail, and uh, had scratched it all to pieces. And the reason that I was scared. And, and, and uh, we had to respond when more bad weather was forecast or, or rain was forecast. The consistency, we'd already been warned that the consistency of the mud out there 
which man, it was. It, it like Super it's sweet. like clay, really. It just sticks to you. And um, we had been warned that if you know if it was going to be raining, that that the truck should not be in there. You got to get out before it gets all muddy. So um, you know that's why we uh, initially just had to leave the mountains because of where the truck was and how far we got it in. But uh, we scratched it all to pieces. Uh, thankfully, though, it was surface scratches. And uh, if you need to know how to remove surface scratches, I can't tell you because I don't know. But what we did figure out <laughs> was how to hide surface scratches, and that's by just getting a good old can of WD-40 and uh, spraying that bad boy on there, rubbing it in real good, and it just looks like a beautiful new truck. So if you need to hide surface scratches on your truck, well, and, and seeing this white truck beside of me now uh, reminds me of another good point. My recommendation and, and what I will follow in the future is when I rent a vehicle on a hunting trip, get a white vehicle. Don't get a colored one anyway because the white, of course, will not show any of those light scratches um, if you are going to be in rough country. But we had a, is it blue? Yeah, it was a navy blue truck. So those scratches stood out like crazy. Till we put WD-40 on it, and they just vanish. So that's a cool trick. And we, we did try to hand buff it, too. And it, it improved some, but, you know, it was a lot of scratches. And I, that toothpaste trick, we, we tried just a, a little section. It, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it would have done quite enough. But it did just as well as the legit turtle wax, for sure. Yeah. But just reach you a white vehicle. Yeah. But, I, you know, I guess really the, the ultimate thing that we determined from that is I, I believe that the two spots that I was most interested in of the ones we went to was, was that the one in the mountain um, that we didn't get to make it on back into and one of the last spots that we hunted, which was also pretty far back in. You know, you're really not – you're hiking two-plus miles before you get to the spot where you're really trying to hunt. And, and – um, that situation at the mountain i mean my gosh we drove probably three miles back and then hiked another half mile to a mile and set up camp and then it was on it was another two and a half miles from there so um you know i think if if you're and zach and i have already talked a whole lot about this over the course of the last few days you know if you don't have the means to get you back in there where you need to be get you away from the people and and back to to where the bucks are going to be or we're assuming you know honestly in this situation we're just assuming that there were probably bucks back in there but any of the ones closer to civilization or closer to where people had been you know they, they'd either been killed out or just pushed on further back but um, that guy that we did run into on the mule that day did tell us that he saw a nice uh, four point big old four torn muley back in there so um but you know he's a perfect example he in the course of one mo morning him and his mule hunted 13 miles he said and you know if you if you've got a mule or up there where we were at you could you could ride a motorcycle back through there uh there was one part of it that would have got us almost almost all the way back you could have had a four-wheeler so if you have a guide service or if you've got somebody that will just take you back in and drop you or even if you personally are just going to drive out and take a four-wheeler or take a motorcycle 
you're you're significantly putting yourself ahead of the crowd because most people that you see hunting out there, most people that we saw anyway, didn't have those things. They were just like us. They were hunting where they could, and uh, you know, if you want to get away from people and truly be able to get into the back country, you just need a mule or something. And we could have taken multiple days to kind of piggyback ourselves into the backcountry, but then you've taken multiple days to do that, so it's going to take multiple days to undo that. Plus, if you did kill something, that's going to compound the situation too. So hunting back in like we initially were, we're going to try to. It's just not feasible unless you have something to get you back in there. So that brings us to... Uh, important points for our future hunts out of state you know I think we're very strongly going to look into either a fully guided hunt or a drop camp of some sort um, yeah you pay more money but what you're paying for you, you don't realize in the moment all the things that you're paying for it's not just you know, you're paying for their experience, for where they know the animals are, but you're paying for them to give you transportation, you're paying for them to haul your junk in, you're paying for, for a lot of comforts, uh, really, and a lot of conveniences. And, and of course, like I said, most importantly, the knowledge of where to be and where the game is. And that's a big deal. Even if you only, you know, instead of taking a hunting trip every year, even if you had to save up extra and just do one every two years if it's going to make your hunts more successful then it's absolutely going to be worth it i would think you know we've got two idaho hunts now here over the last three years and and, and they're both uh, you know we were not successful of course i think idaho's mule deer population is down in general it's probably an unfair assessment of backcountry hunting just comparing it to an idaho mule deer hunt right now because of that die-off that they had but uh I'm sure the point holds true. You know, if you if you if you wait all year for for this one trip, and if you want to make it as successful as possible, it's not. It's uh, you know, some people might say you're cheating if you do for a, like a drop camp or a fully guided, but it's not just it's not just to know where the animals are. Uh, yeah, yeah, you get that intel, but man, it's that transport, it's that convenience, it's that comfort factor, it's that manageability of that terrain you know they're they're taking care of the mules and stuff they're getting you back in there you don't have to worry about trucks getting scratched all the crap or you, you're leaving because the weather is getting too bad and you can't get your truck out you know all of those problems are are alleviated and i think it's you know we, we live out east if we did live further out west you know these guys that go out and scout all summer long they'll take a quick drive up to somewhere you know they can they get boots on the ground they would have known how steep something was before they go and, and spend a couple days or you know they would know if there was animals there to begin with you know we we didn't know that you know the e-scouting i mean it I, I do agree that i think that spot that we were in when we were snowed in and tried to go up i think it was a good spot i mean it, it seemed like it would be really good it was far far back in there but you know we didn't scout it we didn't know so i mean the, the eastern guys i mean if, if you've got time to go out there you know, you convince a spouse to go out, um, you know, take a trip to Yellowstone and swing by and do some, some real scouting, you know, that maybe that would 
that will be okay, and then you might not need to do a guided hunt. But at this point, you know, we've spent two weeks of time over the last three years and enough money that we would have had a guided hunt. So, I mean, we, we I think, like like you said, Dwayne, I mean, I, saving up maybe every other year is still going to be about what we've already done just attempting to do an Idaho hunt these last couple of years. And even if you are the guy that can go that extra week and scout, well, there's another week of, of money and right. time and plane tickets and stuff. Uh, I mean, unless that's just truly what you want. No, you know, if you're like, I don't want nobody, no guy telling me what I'm going to do. Well, then that's fine. But you're still, you know, the, the cost is adding up. Uh, you've got extra plane tickets and extra time and extra investments and extra rental and all that, getting out there another time to do all the scout. And um, I agree that that would make a huge difference, but... We're not going to do that. Yeah, and, and, you, and we will still have the same problem. That good spot that's got to get you six miles back in there, we still don't have no way to get back in there on our own. Obviously, it's not safe, and there's too many variables to worry about to try to get your truck back in there. So you've, you've got to have some other mode of transportation just to get your stuff in. We also looked at renting a four-wheeler. And not only did they not have four-wheelers, but they had, they had motorcycles, and it was $150 a day for a motorcycle. So there is just really, you know hiring a guide or hiring somebody to, to do you a drop camp or something I just don't know how you can beat that I think there's a reason that it costs the money that it does is because there's really no other option that uh, that allows you to come out ahead like that so I want to before we go actually I don't know where you're going next but I wanted to talk a little bit about the weather you know we, were, we didn't have cell phone service where we were sitting in the tent and we had the inReach, which we took, you know, on the last trip as well. Works really well as far as keeping in contact with everybody. Um, we sent Buskell a message and had him look up the weather forecast for where we were. He sent it to us, and it actually sounded pretty favorable. I mean, it wasn't that bad. But it didn't match with what we were seeing right at that moment. You know, he, he was kind of, he was saying, I think it was, wasn't going to have any precipitation and it was going to let up a little bit, and we were still just getting dumped on with snow, and the wind was still crazy. I actually did use the in-reach weather, which I had, I had not done before. Um, I, I did the basic and the premium, just trying to figure out what, you know, what the extended forecast was going to be for that individual spot, and it seemed like spot on. I mean, dumping snow, the times were pretty close to when it actually stopped. The wind forecast was really good. I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing different, but, I mean, it seemed like a very exact weather forecast. So that's definitely something that we'll continue to use in the future. I mean, if, if we need to do that, I mean, it, it definitely was better than just looking up the closest town like we had been doing. So something for folks to keep in mind. If you've got an in-reach, it might be worth paying a couple bucks and getting a detailed forecast to know if a front's going to move in and, you know, get yourself stranded up in the mountains. Yeah, and that's why we used it, of course, because we were worried about what was going to be happening. And uh, rain was moving in. You mentioned wind, and that reminded me there was the one day, which we hunted all day that day, but, man, it was just nonstop 20 and 30-mile-an-hour yeah. winds. That was miserable, too. And uh, we saw the same group of – we saw a doe and two yearlings that morning. We saw the same doe and two yearlings that evening. And that was uh, – about it you know we even we 
we went to this place called Antelope Island. Uh, we were just sort of chilling on one of the last days, and we'd already quit hunting, just taking a break. We went to Antelope Island and didn't see antelope. Yeah. And they were all supposed, supposed to have mule deer, and we didn't see mule deer. We saw tons of we buffalo. Saw, we saw one buck. Oh, yeah, we saw we one. Saw that was buck. the only place we saw a mule deer buck was, was on that Antelope Island, which is a state park, so... Obviously, couldn't hunt or anything there, but uh, and different state. I just oh yeah, that was Utah. We were in Utah, but uh, it was like another slap in the face. You go to Antelope Island to see antelope and mule deer, and there aren't any there to see. But say it'll be uh, say it'll be a long time before I go back to Idaho. I told Zach he is still yet to get to experience Wyoming. You know, I, I, you can drive through the town of Gillette and see more animals, more mule deer and antelope than what we've seen in two trips to Idaho. So uh, Wyoming will spoil you. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, that that was where, that was what my heart was set on. I, I never really did get super, super excited about this Idaho trip. I mean, it was I was excited once we got there, but even leading up to it, I wasn't as excited as what I was putting in for the Wyoming draw. So I, that was what I was wanting. I, I've wanted that antelope hunt, you know, for three years since you and Pete went. And that's really just what I wanted. That That's the itch that I want to scratch first. I'm not going to be satisfied probably until I get to do that. And then at that point, you know, I mean, it'll be fine. But, yeah, I just, I really just wanted to go and, and get an antelope. I've still, I've never even seen one in, in person with my own eyes yet. So that's what I want to do. Hoping that happens next year. Yeah, we will put in for that draw again. Fingers crossed. And I think for that one, we're going to try. We're going to do another 100% do-it-yourself deal. No guide or anything. But wow. I, I would wager on our mule deer and elk ventures in Wyoming in the future. Those will probably be a, a serviced hunt. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to explore the prices, see what we can do. I mean, even if it is more, skipping a year or something, I mean... I'd like to hunt some more back home anyway, so it wouldn't be wouldn't be in the world if we needed to do that just to save up some money. But you know, we hopefully we can draw an antelope tag that's near somewhere that has some mule deer. Drive around just to kind of see it. Maybe even if we are doing a guided hunt, it wouldn't hurt just to kind of see the country some more to see what the deer are doing, where you know what kind of places they like to be in. Because if we do a drop camp, we still need to have that kind of information. You know what what kind of environments they like where you might see them i mean obviously well, we don't even know we don't even know if our senses are right or not at this point there's not been enough deer to test ourselves to to find out if we know what we're going to do or not yeah so i guess the summary of everything uh you know we talked a lot about gear coming into this uh our gear was spot on did really good on gear. Super pleased. Um, the, the, we always talk about merino wool and polyester synthetic stuff. Fleece down. Big check mark. 100% on all those. Absolutely. Throw your cotton away. Don't fool with cotton. Just get get all those things I just mentioned. They are fantastic. There was nothing to... We didn't even have to use all our clothes at this point. Right. Or, or on, on this trip. Uh, even on the day that it was 
20, 30 mile an hour winds, or, you know, when we were, it was snowing, it which, well, when it was snowing, it was uh, 20, 30 mile an hour winds, too. Uh, tent did great, stove was awesome, that's a cool little investment. Um, probably try to do a lot more trips with the kiddos with that stuff. But uh, gear's spot on, man. You know, if you want to know some good gear and, and, and things, go, go back to our Idaho gear review. Uh, podcast, and I did a YouTube video on that one too. Um, it was uh, everything was excellent. Uh, gear was 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 perfect. It's heavy uh, to get all of that stuff as your camp. You know, if that's if, if you're carrying camp on your back, you know that's a lot of stuff. But um, you know that goes back to the other problem that that we had talked about having some type of transportation. If you can get a horse or a mule or a llama or a four-wheeler or a motorcycle that's a good thing but uh, the gear was solid I think we just gotta find the animals um, so now it's hunting back home back in Virginia see if we can't find some bucks here uh, let's see when does muzzleloader comes in we got a couple weeks got a couple weeks bow left Got a couple weeks of muzzleloading coming. And some big time whitetail hunting coming up. So I'm ready for that. Me too. Me too. We already talked some about where I'm going to try to set up. So I'm going to going to work with someone else on the club and make sure I'm not stealing their spot. Hopefully not. So I can set up where I'm wanting to and be ready to go. We are planning to get Dr. Buskell back on. You know, kind of see if he agrees with the assessment as far as his gear. You know, we might talk a little bit more specifics about the because we did make a lot of changes from two years ago. The summary is it was great, but you know, we might be able to dig in a little bit more on some of the specifics. Talk to Brandon, see what he thinks because he he switched up a lot of stuff too, and you know, get his opinion. I think you're probably going to hear similar from Brandon as you did us, but. You know, it's it's different. West is a different experience. We we came home, um, amazing pictures, still a good experience. I mean, so blessed to be able to do it. Um, it, it was a little disheartening to come home empty-handed again, but still, great experience. I mean, I, I still really enjoyed myself. Yeah, got a really cool picture of the Milky Way. Yeah, on like night one. That's a beautiful picture. Yeah, that that got me going, and it, I wasn't going to even take that picture that day. And Dwayne, you convinced me that I needed to yeah. do it, and good thing I did because it really was overcast every other night. Yeah. And what was what's so cool out there? I mean, I you know, to know where you guys are from. Back home, we don't you know we're not in a big city by any means, and you see the stars. I mean, it's not like you're in Northern Virginia and you look up and you literally can't see any stars whatsoever. But it's just a whole different world out there. You can look up and. Even with a naked eye, you could see you could see the band of the Milky Way. Some, you know, you could yeah. see where it was, and that's kind of what clued me in on what direction I needed to take that picture. So, um, set up my phone on a tripod and took some pics, and you know, good stuff. Glad to be back in the mountains of Southwest Virginia. Though it's good to see all these trees. And I'm tired of sage freaking brush, man. I hate sage brush. I really despise sage brush. It smells good. If you've never walked through the hell that is sagebrush, gosh, yeah, everybody should have to experience that once. 
It's good to be home. Get you some sweet tea. Yeah, no, nobody had sweet tea out there. I kept asking for sweet tea, and they would look at me like I was stupid. You got it at, at Wendy's, and that was about it, right? Yeah. And that's the only place I really remember. But, yeah, so good picks, cool stuff, ate some good food toward the end of the week. Yeah. But uh, now it's back to the real world, man, and some whitetail hunting. So y'all stay tuned. We'll have more hunting updates and probably do some bear hunting updates. Got got a one bear hunting video already up. Got another one coming. So that's right. Cool stuff. Cool stuff coming. Hunting season in Southwest Virginia. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Make sure to tune back in. See you guys. All right. That does it for today. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a review in your favorite podcast player. Hope you tune back in next week. God bless.